Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Our play-by-play call today. Double overtime last night. The longest game in Winnipeg Jets history. Nashville wins it. Backhands to the right wall. Popped up in the air. Falling down tourists trying to play it. Here comes Craig Smith with Fiala. Smith to Fiala. Fiala scores! Kevin Fiala at 5.37 of overtime number two. The series is tied and a victory apiece. That's one that the uh, Preds needed. They could ill afford to go to Winnipeg, where the Jets are actually pretty good at home. Down two games and it ties the series at a game apiece. Series is now tied at a game apiece. All right, that's our play-by-play call today. Last week, yes, last week, the Rice Commission came out. There were five things that they outlined. All right. So they outlined five things. Two of the five they have nothing to do with. Nothing. Zero. Nothing to do with it. Ah. Is this like one of those wow moments? Um, and Mike DeCourcy of Sporting News, old friend, good friend, and a passion for basketball that is really second to none. Mike, welcome. Great to have you with us. Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm doing well. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing great. Great. Uh, the Rice Commission came out last week on Wednesday with uh, their vision of what they think can help improve the game of college basketball. In your opinion, how well did they do? In my opinion, if the opposing side were a basketball team, the college basketball the Commission on College Basketball was beaten about 120 to 62. Yep. Uh, it was it was an absolutely embarrassing performance by all people involved. Um, it was so intellectually dishonest. It was staggering. Uh, they came up with some decent ideas. Uh, there are a handful of decent ideas relative to uh, the structure of college sports, like adding outside voices to the board of directors. That's a fine idea. I got no problem with that. Yep. But in terms of quote fixing college basketball. I mean, they didn't even give you a Band-Aid. I mean, it, you know, if you have an open, you know, uh, bleeding wound on the on the game, it, it, they didn't even give you a Band-Aid. They just, you know, they they came up with solutions that don't solve any problems uh, that that they can't implement, and they came up with one solution: the suggestion that the NCAA uh, in the future uh, create their own evaluation. Venues, camps, tournaments, whatever you want to call them, right. uh, that they create their own evaluation venues, and they're going to get sued so 
profoundly if they actually implement those that uh, that may actually be the thing that ultimately finishes the organization. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it, and and I you know I I stood there um, about uh, four and well I guess it was six and a half hours after uh, Dr. Rice did the um, the presentation, read it, reading what was essentially an executive summary of their report mm-hmm. uh, to a live stream and to an audience that included people in the media. Um, about six and a half hours later, uh, two uh, NCAA presidents and Mark Emmert, excuse me, two, two presidents of NCAA member institutions who are members of uh, high-level functioning bodies in, in the, in the uh, NCAA came in along with Mark Emmert, the president of the NCAA, and said that they voted to adopt everything. And I raised my hand and I said, do you realize how it, that if you implement the takeover of, of the evaluation period, how you know how vast that job is? How likely it is to get you sued? Mm-hmm. And they just basically said, uh, you know, I can't remember exactly how they responded, but I think they feel like that uh, they're willing to take that on because the the alternative was to actually look at it and say that uh, the commission did a terrible job. Uh, okay, so I I put. By the way, I, I don't disagree with anything you said. Um, the next part is if I were to sit you down in the room with them, and they said. Mike, give me two, three things as someone who's covered the game for decades and has been around it for decades that would be important on your list. Well, I think that the first thing you have to do is you have to say that you lost the war on agents and that you have to allow them to make agreements, which I think they are saying that uh, their, their language on that was highly nebulous, but I think that right. they're saying that it's okay. Right. Um, and that, but then you can't not you can't keep money out of the equation because if you're if you're allowing a young person to enter in some sort of agreement with an agent, but don't allow them to accept any money uh, from the agent either in terms of a grant or a loan, then the agent at that point has very little value. It, 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 perhaps for the player, you know, if indeed the age limit were to go away, the the player who is evaluating whether or not turning professional out of high school is a wise idea. The, the, the advice of an agent in that circumstance couldn't hurt. Right. But other than that, there's no value to a high school player having an agent unless, the, unless that's a vehicle for the high school player, uh, high school age player, uh, to get some money that he and his family may need. Well, hockey and baseball already have, it's not termed agents, but they're termed advisors. Hockey and baseball already have that, for example. So it's not a foreign concept for college sports. Yeah, I think that the difference in those sports is that you have, for both, for for both, you have a much greater, um, you know, a, a, a much wider pool of athletes who have a more significant decision to make in terms of whether to turn professional or not. Right. The baseball player. Um, can come out of high school and reasonably, you know, enter the professional world with at least some hope uh, of making it to the pros. Which I it, see, it, which it, which I see here all the time. Nick Kingham, first twenty batters for the Pirates yesterday, started his right. pro career here in State College. Yes, 
Uh, I didn't realize he was a local for you guys. He did uh, a great job yesterday. No, yeah, not a local, but he played for the Spikes, the minor league team. Oh, I gotcha. I yeah. gotcha. Yeah. And so that happens. Um, in hockey, it's the same. And in hockey, probably has the best system of everybody. Because in hockey, they just draft whoever they want. And then if the player says, you know, I'm not really ready to play in your league, um, so I'm going to go play in college, uh, they can do that. And they can play in college as long as they want. I mean, uh, there's a player playing for the Bruins in, in the um, in, who's a member of their roster now uh, in the uh, Eastern Conference semifinals uh, who was uh, enrolled at Harvard. Uh, actually, yeah. he's technically still enrolled at Harvard. Yes. He's going to graduate in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I think they have by far the best system. And I wish, you know, I wish they'd come out of that room and said, hey, NBA, here's an idea. Do this. Right. But they didn't. But you know, they didn't. They didn't think of that. No, and I'll tell you why they didn't think of that. Honestly, they didn't talk to anybody. I mean, they didn't. I mean, I'm not saying they talked to anybody, but they didn't talk to anybody. I mean, I there. I I went to the there here in Indianapolis. There are a couple of summer event, uh, off season events, AAU events, whatever you want to call them, over the weekend. Really big deal uh, events. Nike ZYBL. Right. Uh, Under Armour's uh, Association were here in Indy. So I went and I talked to every recruiting analyst that was there, and I asked them, did they talk to you? Did they bring you in? And I talked to probably a half dozen, and they all said no. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, Steve, that the very first people that I would have brought into that room after uh, the NBA people was the recruiting analysts because they know more than everybody. Right. They know everything that's going on. They know the whole deal, and they're, they didn't even talk to them. They're connected. You and I both know they're connected. Yeah, I mean, you you know, whether or not you believe that, um, you know, Brian Snow or Evan Daniels or Eric Bossy right. or whoever, whether you like their talent evaluation or not, or Paul B. and Cardi, you know, you may think that this guy gets it right more often than that guy. I think they all do a really good job, yeah. but they all know what's happening. Sure. And they, you know, and they could have gone in there and they could have laid it out. You know, I, I, I chuckled when the newspaper in Portland um, last month did this big uh Value, you know, expose or whatever you want to call it on summer basketball. Man, you could have lunch with Snow or Daniels, and you could get this in half an hour. Right. And they, you know, I mean, it, because those guys know what's going on, and the right. fact that the commission didn't bring them in is ridiculous. And there were many other people that they should have talked to and didn't. And I think it's because they don't want you. You don't want to talk to people when you don't want to, You know, when you don't want to hear the answers. It's like a lawyer never asks a question that he, he or she does not already know the answer to. I mean, that's kind of what this was. Right. They, they, they went after the answers that they wanted. Right. Well, exactly. They crafted. They really, it seemed like it was crafted ahead of time, and they were able to get te- whatever they wanted to meet what they wanted to do, uh, which now brings me to the – you and I both know there are only 60 spots in the NBA draft. There are, what, 181 early entries on the college level. There are more, obviously, from overseas. Uh, so you're guaranteed, at minimum, 121 are not going to get drafted. The part about letting undrafted go back, my opinion, didn't go far enough. I think that if you don't like where you get drafted, you should be allowed to go back. 
Well, you know, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, although it doesn't do you any good because the NBA has said that they're not going to redraft you, that you're going to have to stick with your original. You know, your your uh, draft position doesn't die until oh. a year after right. you become a professional. Yeah. Like, so I mean, there's Larry, not much value to right. re-entering the dra- well, Larry, to, to Larry, re-entering college basketball. Right. Larry Bird but, did that. His rights were with the Celtics for 364 days, and about a week to 10 days before the next draft, he signed. He was the fifth right. overall pick in the previous uh, year. Yeah, so you know, but but I remember about the 183 or 181 or whatever it is. A lot of them are going back with that. They're going to withdraw. Um, it doesn't yeah. hurt you. It doesn't. It doesn't cost you anything to be in the draft. Now there, are, I think, are 60 plus yes. low 60s that have signed or committed to agents and have basically said they're done. Right. I, you know, I, that's up to them. I mean, right. I, I I don't think it's smart for all of them. I think uh, there are, there are people who are making mistakes on that list, um, but you know, again, if if they could if they could have agents and accept money from agents, I don't know that you'd see that list be that long. No, because I agree. a lot of that is guys getting uh, coerced by agents. Um, let me tell you a little funny. Do I have a second to tell you a funny story? You have plenty of time, Mike. Okay, great. All right. So there's a coach I know who has a player who is on that 180 person list. And 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 he's decided at this, at this point uh, that he's not going to sign with an agent. And his coach is trying to get him not to commit to an agent until he's committed to the draft uh, because he doesn't believe there's any value in it for him. And he said to him, what are all the agents that are calling you every day telling you that, you, that they can get you into Chicago, right? And, and he said, yeah, that's what they're saying. And he said, well, don't, don't worry about it because I got you into Chicago. And the player said, gee, thanks, coach. I appreciate that. And the coach said, how gullible are you? I didn't get you into Chicago. Your, your play got you into Chicago. Right. I mean, that's, that's, that's the, point, the point he made was that, you know, that's, that's what you're dealing with, all these agents telling these guys that they can help them. Um, the, the, the agents who can really help you, um, first of all, they're will, you know, a lot of them are willing to wait. Um, you know, they're, they're willing to wait to get you. Uh, so you don't have to be committed to them. The only reason for a player who's in the draft at this point to have an agent is if he's, you know, if he's a, a defined lottery pick and knows he's going and probably is about ready to, you know, to to, to skip out of college and and become a, um, you know, a full-time draft aspirant. Uh, you know, maybe he'll take some correspondence courses to finish his degree or whatever, or finish his uh, semester or whatever. But he's probably, you know, headed somewhere to work out. But for the player who's on the fence, um, sure. there's no reason to have an agent no, at this point. Isn't. And, and that's, that's where that whole money thing comes in. Right. I mean, there is no reason because there's a point where, say, say for example, you do well in Chicago. And by the way, getting into Chicago is not quite as easy as people think it is, but you're right. They're play- the NBA knows who they, they want to look at. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, they know. All right, So that's why when you mentioned his play gun, I mean, yeah. And that's why some of these guys get bad advice and suddenly are finding themselves today sitting back saying, well, what do you mean, I didn't get an invite to Chicago? That, that I mean, that's exactly. what's happening. Uh, and the next part to me is, okay, you do well in Chicago. All right, I'm committed to the draft. Now hire an agent. Yeah, I mean, and then and then at that point, you know, they can navigate the workout process for you. They can make sure you're working out against the people uh, that are going to benefit you. And you know, it, there may be a player that 
that doesn't suit uh, you, you know relative like if you're a like if you're a, projected as a top 15 pick or a top 20 pick and there's a third number 35 guy or number 50 guy um, that's going to come in and try to make a rep off you no you don't do that I mean you compete against the other top 15 guys because uh, you know it's, it, it may cost you a spot or two but it's not going to cost you 20 and that so that's how an agent can really help you at that point but going through chicago uh as a you know as a draft aspirant you, you there's at that point you don't really need to have an agent uh to get to 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 get an a good idea of what you can do of what you'll need to do and and then whether or not you should stay in the draft because when i looked at the five primary topics that they put out well, two of the five, they have nothing to do with. One had dealt with, right. you know, as you mentioned, the shoe companies. The other one was the one and done in the NBA, which, of course, was the headline everywhere. I'm saying they like they have nothing to do with that. That's an NBA rule, and you and I both know that the earliest they're even going to consider that is two years. That's the earliest. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, the, the, at the end of the day, Steve, it's so disingenuous for them to even bring it up. And it was the first thing, almost, yes, literally, exactly. that Condoleezza Rice mentioned. Um, I, I was, I, I, it's, 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 Intellectually dishonest. I mean, it, I, here in Indiana, they have a lot of build-the-wall commercials on yeah. the air, <laughs> and 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 it's and I and I, it struck me this morning when I saw another one. I'm like, that's what one and done is for these people. One and done is an issue that you use to distract from the real issues. Yeah, it's it's it, 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 everything about it is is intellectually dishonest. There's, they, they, they said that, uh, you know, that these are clear targets for the agents. Yeah, but, okay, that's, that's true, but you think that they can't, they, they, that nobody in the NBA sees a guy pop up averaging 20 a game in college and doesn't then start blowing up the guy's phone? Of course. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's ridiculous. It, 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 wow. I, the fact that they make the fuss that they did, and I was listening to a podcast, an NCAA podcast that Jack Ford does, with the, the athletic director at um, Miami, Miami Hurricanes, yeah. who's on one of their key boards, and who was saying that, no, he said, well, you have to have something for players, that, and there hasn't been anything for players who don't want to go to the NBA but want to be professional. And I'm like, does he even have the Internet? <laughs> I mean, Darius basically three weeks ago said he's going to the G League. Right. Uh, Emmanuel Moutier played in China. Yep. Terrence Ferguson played in Australia. Brandon Jennings played in Italy. That's right. There are, there's four guys. Right now you've got Mitchell Robinson, who didn't play anywhere this past year, yep. just trained. He's going he's gonna to be in the draft this year. And Thon Maker just got eliminated from the playoffs. He played in prep school. Yep. There's five different options right. for the player who doesn't want to play in college but wants to be a pro. Right. And yet they act as if they, none of that ever happened. Right, exactly. We we just watched Maker uh, with the with the Bucks over the weekend. What the heck? I was watching him play. It's I mean that and what struck me was that ended up being the headline everywhere. That was the headline. Yeah. Everywhere there was the I think she That's made it the headline. She it was the right. first thing she said. Exactly, and that that part made no sense because that is between Michelle Roberts and Adam Silver to ha to hammer that out when they negotiate. And you and I both know that the NBA does not want to scout high school games; they want to scout college games. I will say right now that if Adam Silver does go along with that, then he is not acting in the best interest of his league, in my opinion. Is not act because the, because the one and done rule has been a spectacular success for the NBA. No, no doubt, it has trained a great level of players: Anthony Davis, Derrick Rose, Kevin Durant. Uh, it's been great for them, 
And if they, you know, if they choose uh, to eliminate that rule and go back to drafting high school players, it is not in the best interest of the NBA. No, and that, that, that's what strikes me about it, is that it is not. Because you and I both know the owners wouldn't mind two years and 20. A little bit more mature league does not hurt their cause at all. No. Uh, in any way, shape, or form. So from the league point of view, from Adam Silver's point of view, I agree uh, that, you know, that, again, they don't want to be scouting high school. Hey, let's go to Lower Marion High School in Philly and watch this kid. Really? Yeah, but, I mean, I, you know, when Adam took over, he was saying that he preferred 20, and now he seems to be amenable to just giving up. Yeah. And I, I, don't, I don't understand what changed. Everything about the rule has benefited the league. The scouts in the league, I talked to a bunch of them for a piece that I did in February. Yes, I that. That you can that. find online. Yeah. Uh, now it's called, it's called, I called it Stern Warning. Yep. Uh, and, and I talked to a, a bunch of scouts, and they all said that they much prefer to be evaluating players in college competition they know what high school basketball is like or what even you know even aau basketball um doesn't tell you what it's what what will happen when the player steps up and plays in front of those kinds of crowds under that kind of pressure you and i both know that it's it's instead of scouting single a baseball it's like scouting triple a i mean come on exactly and that's what it is i mean you're going to get a better read watching a duke north carolina game on the prospect as to what he can and can't do because of the competition Exactly, and that's you know that's something that the, the the people who are you know who are trained as evaluators understand, and you know and I I, I will you know I, I give you I give you a great stat that shows you um, the value of one and done, and it's not you know not everything that's happened is because of one and done, but while the one and done rule has been in place, the New York Knicks have gone from being worth five hundred and ninety million dollars. To worth three point three billion. That's right. So why would you do anything to upset the apparatus that built that level of that, that escalated the value that rapidly? I mean, that, that's that to me. That, that there's no reason for Adam Silver to go along with that. Yeah, I would say thanks, guys, but we we like this a lot, and if you don't like it, that's fine. And you know, and then for for. Um, for the Rice Commission then to say, if you guys don't listen to us, we're going to come back and we're going to make players ineligible uh, <laughs> as freshmen. I mean, how nonsensical was that? Uh, I, I mean, so in order to chase out to chase out eight players or ten players a year, you're going to make literally fifteen hundred ineligible for competition. And so, where are you going to get your? How you? How are you going to field a team? At that point, you'd have to expand scholarships because otherwise, you wouldn't have enough guys to play. Totally agree. Mike, <laughs> I really enjoyed this. Thanks so much. Loved it. Oh, it was great, Steve. Always a pleasure. I'll tell you, that's, see, that's passion right there. That's passion. You know, when's the last time you heard that kind of passion, uh, Sean? I would guess it, would, it had to have been in that... Uh, in that digital media presentation we had. Sure, or, right, the, we'll or, the, or the Azerbaijan Grand Prix report. Oh, wait, we dropped that from today's show. Sorry. Well, no, they, no that's, I've always found that stuff to be useful in the after show. I mean, usually about 3 o'clock in the morning, yeah. there's, there's, you know, there, there's some insane person that wants to hear it. Pick your spot. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll come back with more in a moment. But, I mean, but that's passion. I mean, Mike, because Mike is like me. He loves the game. Okay, you got to love it. You got to. Passion means everything. We'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance.
When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Here's Adam Purdy with another example of how Purdy Insurance is different. I was at home one Saturday when I got a call from a client who had just been in an auto accident with a rental car in Canada. After confirming that everyone was okay, I checked his policy and assured him that we had the proper coverages in place. Within a few minutes, I had his claim called in and he was back to enjoying his vacation. Purdy Insurance has been answering calls like this for over 90 years. Give Purdy Insurance a call today at 800-677-2478 to see what we can do for you. Hi, this is Steve Jones. Afternoons 3 to 5 on WKOK. Join me Wednesday, May 2nd at the Susquehanna Valley Country Club for the 27th Annual Truman H. Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament to benefit the Greater Susquehanna Valley YMCA. There will be morning and afternoon flights for the four-person scramble. You can win great prizes and be a part of the Steve Jones Show as we broadcast live from the tournament. For more information, call the Sunbury YMCA at 570-286-5636. I hope to see you on the course Wednesday, May 2nd. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Purdy's have served this valley for decades, finding their customers the right insurance, auto, home, life, business, whatever it may be. They have a division for everything. They've also been able to find the best price for their customers. They know how important budget is. They also know how important the fact that you need to be covered, too. All at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And don't forget, the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament is coming up on Wednesday at the beautiful Susquehanna Valley Country Club. We will be on hand for the tournament. We'll be playing the morning round. And uh, we mentioned that specifically uh, because of liability issues with one player in the field. A message from this station, the Ad Council, and Purdy Insurance. By the way, Redskin fans, let me point out one key, in fact, two key free agent signings for the Redskins that I really liked. Really liked. These are free agents. Sean Welsh, Lyman from Iowa. Like him a lot. I think that's a good free agent signing. And Simi Cobbs, the wide receiver from Indiana, brings some size to that spot. If Cobbs made the team, I would not be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if Welsh made the team. Just thought I'd throw that out there for Redskin fans. A couple of signings on the free agent side, and I really, really liked. 
We're in the Sunbury Motors studio, by the way. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the free agent guys. For example, Tyler Lancaster out of Northwestern signed with Green Bay. I thought that was a really good signing. Uh, I think that that's a plus. I think Curtis Cothran signing with the Vikings was a good signing. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to just scroll through and take just a quick look at some of these guys. I mean, some of these guys I know are good players, but you know, like there's a fullback that signed, and the fullbacks become obsolete in the NFL. T. Gray Scales with the Rams. Okay, now that he will make the Rams. T. Gray Scales, the linebacker from Indiana, will make the Rams. He will be invaluable to them on special teams, and then eventually, and he knows how to play the pass. I mean, he knows how to play the pass. That that's a really good free agent signing. T. Gray Scales from Indiana. Eh, let's see, ding ding ding. Very quick going through Seattle. Like they signed Khalid Hill. I mean, that's you know the fullback from Michigan. I mean, he's more like an H back tight end for them. Uh, boom, boom, boom. Anybody else in here? Um, of course, everybody who signed with the Patriots is already in the Pro Bowl. Um, Taylor Hearn, the offensive lineman from Clemson, signed with Carolina. Not bad. Chris Fry, the linebacker from Michigan State. Okay. Not bad. Um, of course, you mentioned from Bucknell getting signed. That was big. Yeah, Gordon Eagle Buike signing out of Northwestern with Tampa Bay. Yeah, okay. All right, so those are some of them that jumped out to me. To me, T. Gray Scales going to the Rams. I mean. He'll make the team. I'm telling you, Scales will make the team. I'd be shocked if he didn't. Guy with some speed, cover skills. In fact, I felt he's one of those linebackers where I felt his his ability to play the run, right? he had to learn how to do that because his pass cover skills were already really good. Usually it's the other way around. All right, let's bring in Matt Leon from Philadelphia. Matt, a pen guy gets drafted at wide out who caught a game and every game you announced. Welcome. Great to have you with us. Good to be with you. Well, how about that pick? And if I recall correctly, he caught pass in all 40 games he played for Penn. So you called all of them. He was Justin Watson. He was special. Like, he's a kid that you didn't have to watch him long to know he was really something. I don't know that I've ever seen a college team run an offense through a wide receiver like Penn did as a senior uh, because the quarterback situation was developing throughout the season and uh, you had this phenomenal kid. So I think he had at least six catches and a touchdown in every game as a senior. And that is with everyone scheming everything to take him out of the game. Uh, just a great hands, great speed, uh, can play inside, outside, versatile, uh, comfortable with uh, the ball in his hands, jet sweep, stuff like that. Uh, you know, I had heard Tampa Bay really liked him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
taking him in the fifth round, that's pretty for an Ivy League wide receiver. That's a pretty good, pretty good spot, and uh, he'll he could make an impact there as a as a third or fourth guy. Yeah, uh, I know. I was listening uh, on radio to NFL Network uh, when he got picked. They loved him. Yeah, I mean, they, they they absolutely loved him. Uh, the uh, Eagles draft. How did you feel about the performance of how Howie Roseman maneuvered in this draft to eventually get some things he wanted? I mean, that's kind of classic Howie. Even when the fan base wasn't in love with him and willing to give him all kinds of passes, he was always active on, always been active on draft day. Um, I thought the move out of, I could have told you they were going to move out of 32, and that's not based on inside information. Just things had a feel to it, and uh, I did, just did not see them staying at 32. Right. And they so they dropped down to whatever it was, 52, and then they moved up to 49. It's hard to keep track. And they get the kid, uh, uh, Dallas Goddard, the tight end out of San Diego, South Dakota State. And frankly, that's a, to how do you feel about the moving around? I think if the Eagles had just stayed put at 32 and taken that kid, I don't think anyone would have been surprised. I think he was, you know, that would have been very reasonable for him uh, given his his performance and where people thought he was going to fall in the draft. So they were able to get a second round pick next year uh, and move up a little bit in the fourth round there. Uh, they did some jockeying late to to move up. I think it was in the, the fourth round. Um, this was a weird draft because they only had five picks. Uh, you know, you're coming off the Super Bowl high. They were drafting late in the first round to start things off. Uh, one of the interesting offshoots of the Super Bowl win here in Philadelphia that I didn't anticipate was that I felt like interest in the NFL draft plummeted in the city by about 75% because it was like the first time ever the Eagles fans weren't waiting till next year. They were still savoring the year before. <laughs> so there wasn't the, the, the constant talk of the draft or whatever was really one of those where you got to like April 15th or 16th and people were like, oh, wait a minute, draft's coming up, isn't it? You know, whereas... You know, we think back to whatever year it was, 2015, and Marcus Mariota, when people were putting scenarios together, you know, right. on the blackboard in October for how the Eagles could get him, uh, and to where it was this year, it was it was very different. But uh, you know, overall, I think they did fine. Uh, they addressed some needs. I think they did the best they could with the limited assets they had to to play with. And again, it did not hurt that even through free agents or in the draft itself, they found secondary help. More secondary help. Like that. They feel that they can't have enough help back there, can they? No, no. And I think because that's really the way the game's uh, going, you know, with uh, teams constantly, you know, a lot of teams' base offense is three wide receivers now. So then you go to four and five. And also they, uh, you know, they had traded Torrey Smith and got the kid Daryl Worley from Carolina, who they cut right. uh, after the incident with police. So they had a bit of a – I mean, they had kind of an overabundance of defensive backs anyway, even – or, you know, with Worley. Uh, so they, they are still in good shape, but I think they almost look a lot of that like uh, baseball teams look at pitching. You can never have too much uh, in the secondary and, and rushing the passer off the edge. Uh, how well is Carson Wentz doing from what you understand? Uh, it sounds like he's maybe a little bit ahead of schedule. Um he talked during when they started the off-season conditioning program, uh, and he still said week one is still the goal. Uh, I don't think we'll have a real good feel for that until I wouldn't even say training camp, probably the second half of training camp, until you really see uh, what he's what he's able to do and where he is, and uh, you go from there. But uh, everything has been positive as far as 
rehab and recovery, you know, just for that injury, because it was a little more than just the ACL. Uh, it's just, it's lengthy. You know, it's just got to run its course. But, uh, you know, that's another thing. It is absolutely amazing. You know, you win the Super Bowl, and people aren't really panicking about when the Super Bowl, when the franchise quarterback will get right. back. Oh, we got Nick Foles. You know, it's fine. Carson doesn't play until Halloween. Whatever. We'll figure it out. Yeah. The dynamic is so different. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think about the signing of Adams from Notre Dame at running back? Uh, you know, I uh, they needed someone to add to that mix. They lost LeGarrette Blount. I mean, they've got Jay Ajayi, and I think he'll be the guy. And Corey Clement has shown that he he is a a playmaker at this level. And they're re-signing Darren Sproles. Uh, but I think that's a kid that has really produced uh, some interesting numbers at uh, Notre Dame. Something about one of the best – was it – best yards per carry after first contact or something like yeah. that. Very interesting. Something yeah. of that. A uh, little Garrett Blunt-esque, if you will. And, uh, you know, I, he'll have every opportunity uh, because that's one thing the Eagles have always been good at under Howie Roseman is, you know, they they maneuver and, and bob and weave in the draft. But they, when they bring in undrafted guys, they give them legitimate chances. They're not just brought in to be camp bodies and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, he'll get every opportunity here uh, and wait and see how it breaks down. Well, here's the scenario you and I talked about, the Celtics and the Sixers. Again, it's not Toronto because they won the last game of the regular season. So they get the wounded Celtics team that, by the way, on guts and guile gets things done. But, you know, talent, a little more talent wouldn't hurt at this point either, especially with Jalen Brown looking like he's out for a little bit. They don't have Irving. What's your thoughts on this series? I I just I think the Sixers are better. I mean, if Boston's at full strength, we're having a different conversation. But Boston's not going to be at full right. strength. So yeah, given I, that, I agree with this. Yeah, given their potential, where they're how they're constructed right now, the Sixers are a better team. And if the Sixers play to a level, it's very possible that this could be a little bit like Sixers Miami. And I don't mean five games, but I just mean that when you watch that Sixers Miami series, when the Sixers were running playing an A-minus, A-plus, A game, it was very obvious Miami couldn't keep up. And the Sixers level had to dip for it to be on even footing. While the gap might not be the same, but I think you might see the same thing here, that if the Sixers have it really cooking, that the Celtics just won't be able to to keep up. And it's going to – I'm not going to say it's going to come down to pace, but I think a lot of this is going to be on – how this series is played. If it's slowed down and these games are played in the 90s, advantage Boston. If it's up and down a little more and the you know the scores are getting into the, the one-teens, 120s, advantage Sixers. Uh, and it'll be kind of a, a balance of wills there because both teams can play defense. You know, both teams can mm-hmm. really D it up. I think it's going to be – you know, uh, how fast the games have played is really going to be key. And when Jalen Brown, you know, if he doesn't play tonight, that's huge. I think the six, it's a big window for yeah. the Sixers to, to, to grab one to start this series. But it's also a hamstring, and those now it's going to help that game two is not till Thursday. There'll be extra time. But, uh, you know, hamstring, depending on how badly it's hurt, it's often not something that, you know, okay, it's healed, you go. It's just, all right, it's a little bit better, then maybe you have a little bit of a setback. So something to keep an eye on for sure. It's interesting because I, I feel that if Boston were at full strength, and I mean full strength, I mean everybody, I'd pick them to win in six. But Yeah, no, I don't disagree. I, 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 but I think right now the Sixers will beat them in five. Yeah, I 
I think six, but I do. Like I said, I just think the Sixers are better, and I if it would be up to if the Sixers. I don't want to say play down to Boston because Boston's the two seed. Boston's very, very good and well coached and all that. But I just think if the Sixers can do 80% of what they want to do, Boston's not going to be able to answer that in kind, and I just think that will win out over a, a lengthy series. Yeah, I do. And they really – I know Horford plays hard, but they don't have a matchup for Embiid. I mean, they, now, Horford, Horford does give him some problems, but Horford's I would be Horford, very surprised if they don't mix it up. Yeah, Horford's a pro's pro. I mean, yeah. Really, I mean, that you want to talk about a great professional free agent signing? That was a great professional free agent signing right there, where you just brought in a pro's pro that knows how to play. Yep. Yep. All right, my friend. Appreciate it very much, as always. All right. Thanks a lot. Talk to you soon. All right. Uh, Matt Leon from KYW Philadelphia will wrap up this broadcast extravaganza as only we can. Home of the Chatter on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Originally, you may have heard that J.T. Barrett, the quarterback who had played four years at Ohio State, was going to go take a shot with the Indianapolis Colts. And the Colts even announced it. Uh, No, it's going to go to the New Orleans Saints. It's for whatever reason he thought. I I don't know. This is one of those guys... Barrett is not good enough to play on the NFL level as a quarterback, and he's not as much of an athlete as you think he is to play in the NFL level in another position. But I just I don't see it happening. And it, and this is some, that's you know you're not trying to be cruel about anything. You're just trying to be analytical about it, and just you know I mean I've never once thought. Of J.T. Barrett as an NFL quarterback, never. I've had I've had fans say to me, "Well, you know, I mean, look how Barrett plays," and I'm like it has nothing to do with that. Uh, I am a big believer, obviously, in in production. I'm a big believer in that. To me, if you are a player that produces on the college level, I like that. Uh, to me, that you're less of a project. You already have shown me you know how to play. That's why I thought the Denver Broncos had a great draft. I thought the Giants had a great draft. Uh, they they didn't they picked known producing entities. Coming up tomorrow, Dan Baker, the voice of Citizens Bank Park for the Phillies, will join us. Coming up on Thursday, Dick Girardi on the Kentucky Derby. Yes, indeed. No Gradkowski, and unfortunately. The what? Gradkowski. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. that, that's okay. I can yeah. tell you right now, I think that Dick's opinions will be justified. We'll leave it at that. Okay. Right. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and then Chudderpalooza on Wednesday. You like that? We're going we're gonna to do an informal poll. <laughs> And see, name this club. <laughs> oh, I mean, what what gets me is when the round is over. He has stats on how the club performed. <laughs> There's an app for that. <laughs> yes. 
Shutter was two for four today. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I was hoping your driver would be 14 for 14. <laughs> We're going to say, Chudder, two for four. When the Phillies sign him. <laughs> Starting at second base, number 27, the Chudder. <laughs> Here's the Chudder, two for four in the ball game. Single to the left and doubled to the right center field gap. Chudder's hitting 500. It's bragged about so much, it probably should be hitting 800. <laughs> See, I I think it's two things. A, it's a useless club, and B, there's a lot of operator error. Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com.